Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for being with us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about naloxone and a new campaign, You and Naloxone Saved My Life. With me, Dr. Jennifer Plum, who is the medical director of Utah Naloxone, and Megan West, the program manager at the Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health. When we took a break, we were talking about really everyone should have naloxone in their home because everyone might need it at some point in time. And Dr. Plum, just kind of um, expand on that a bit. Well, you know, there's this unfortunate kind of mindset that I think is getting better, but that has existed for a while that people think, oh, I would never need that. Um, We are not those kind of people. That sort of thing would never happen in my home or around me. And part of that is the morality judgment that is assigned to substances, right, and to people who use substances. But what I really am hoping is changing over time and over exposure is that people realize there is no judgment associated with saving a life or with needing to have your life saved. Doesn't mean that you're bad, that you're naughty, that you're, you've done wrong. What it means is that someone being prepared to step in for you is what I think we all want, right? We all have fire extinguishers because we have a risk of fire in our home. We all put our kiddos and ourselves in helmets when we get on bikes or skis or because we want the possibility to protect someone around us or someone that we care about. And it really is that way. When we look at naloxone, there are certainly people that we think we want to make sure it's there. You know, folks that are on prescribed high dose um, opioid medications, people that have had a history of overdose in the past, people that have had a history of substance use disorder and are in recovery. I say that not only because I want that in case there is a relapse, but because people who have a history of substance use disorder sometimes know others who also have been there. And them being equipped with naloxone means perhaps part of their journey to recovery is that they save someone else's life. You know, people who've been incarcerated, people who've been hospitalized for quite a time and off of their substances. You know, I could go on and on, you can tell with this list, but really what I'm hoping is that anyone listening hears, wow, there may be someone around me who could benefit from me being prepared for a worst case scenario. 
My thought is even people who aren't regularly using, if someone is just using cocaine casually or other party drugs, fentanyl can be snuck in there now. It's not as prevalent out west as it is back east, but if you use cocaine, you know, really casually, it's important to still have naloxone. It's not going to do anything to the cocaine, but if there's opiates in that other drug that you're unaware of, you can overdose from that. So being open to talking about the risks of other drugs is very important as well. And another reason to carry naloxone, I have naloxone in my pantry. I carry it in my purse. You're not supposed to leave it in your car just in case you don't know who you're going to drive by or, you know, if, if your neighbor is using, like Jen was saying, and just being prepared and taking down that barrier and stigma is so important. And then knowing where to get it, which most pharmacies you can get it at, you can call the Department of Health if that's on their website. You can call Utah Naloxone. You can go into their office. Uh, you can also visit their website. You can visit the Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health website or give us a call. There's so many places that you can get it from. So we've taken that complication out. We have it for you. It's free for the most part. If it's not free where you're going, call us and we'll We'll take care of it. We'll make sure you have it. Jen, I want to talk just for a minute. Your campaign highlights the wide variety of people, the lifesavers who have really helped save the lives of others. Talk about what you've heard from them. It has to be an incredible feeling to save someone's life. Yeah. And, you know, this the lifesavers, that's been one of my, I think, most eye-opening and also most cherished experience with being involved with naloxone work and harm reduction programming across the state is that when I say first responder, you, me, others listening may think of someone in a uniform with a badge on, right? And in this realm, the first responder is truly the first person there and in other realms too, right? But it it has been really, I think, touching as well as empowering to watch a mom be able to save her son's life, a mom being able to describe to me how it feels to her that a nurse Honestly, it's it's a great story that the campaign, the billboard we have up with the two nurses and Quinn, who's up on it. One of the nurses that saved his life was actually a nurse at home, and she was able to save his life in the community because she had an naloxone kit. So, yes, she was a nurse, but she was also just a community member like the rest of us. Um, I think it has been really important for people to realize also that there's something different that happens when your life is saved by someone that didn't have to. So, you know, a paramedic or an ER doctor, folks expect that those are who the lifesavers are. They don't expect it that it's their best friend or their girlfriend or their dad. Um, or even a random stranger who just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And so I would say on both sides, both from the gratitude side of people who have had someone step in for them and their family members. I mean, you want to talk about a grateful lot. The people who, it gives me chills, honestly, right now to even just be telling you about it. The people who reach out and say, oh my gosh, my son is alive because 
and then they go on to tell these amazing stories. So I think any one of us is a lifesaver. You don't have to have a white coat. You don't have to have a certain number of letters after your name. With the right tools and a little bit of education, you too are a lifesaver potentially for someone in that dire moment. And it's really great in our community because you can get trained on how to use the kits. Right. There are very quick videos on our website that are on overdose recognition and how to use kits. There are videos on other websites. Um, we soon, you know, it's interesting with the social distancing, et cetera, that's been happening over the last couple of months, we soon will have online access to a complete long hour long training that people can do and have a kit mailed out to them. So there are a whole lot of ways that people can step into that role of potential lifesaver because if the moment happens, where someone is overdosed in front of you. You don't have time to run to a pharmacy. You don't have time to equip yourself then. You need to be equipped in advance and you need to call 911. We're not trying to take 911 out of the equation, but you can potentially get someone breathing before EMS even arrives. And in a lot of our rural communities, EMS doesn't arrive for 20, 30, 40 minutes, right? There's a lot of distance sometimes between people. So I really hope that people seeing these stories will will have something that resonates and makes them think about, wow, I, I, I really should be prepared for it just in case. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about what the signs are, what people need to look for, how they'll know when someone is actually overdosing and they can be of help. Stay with us. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.